0: church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon.
1: I thank God for that. And, uh, and so my wife, she's, you know, being a good saved wife, and she, uh, uh, she goes, Well, I, I, I don't trust the car. I, I want to go to Bible study, but I'm not driving it by myself. You need to drive me there. You need to take me. And uh, I said, All right, all right. Well, the, uh, you know, the guys are going to be waiting outside of the church when you get there. And so I drive up, and there, you know, I've got grease all over me and everything. And, and, uh, and sure enough, Mitch is out there. He meets me. Hey, man, what's going on? All right, all right, I'll come in. But I remember, I remember that, that Bible study, and I remember it specifically because it was the first time since I was five years old that I literally heard the voice of God. And it was at the end of that Bible study uh, on the book of Revelation where God said to me, if you don't get serious about who I am in your life, you're never going to see me. And I, I, I felt this sense of fear, this sense of reverence, this sense of awe. I, uh, tears filled my eyes. I, I, it was beyond even what uh, my pastor was saying. It was beyond even, it was just this, 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 Somber, this 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 holy atmosphere that was in that place, and from that point, my life changed. I mean, I left that place. I remember calling my dad that night. My dad's a stark Italian Catholic. I'm telling him about the coming of Jesus Christ. I remember uh, that next weekend on outreach, I I prayed with my first person on outreach. I remember it was a few weeks after that I got filled with the Holy Ghost. uh, uh, there, there was just this, this acceleration. Uh, we went to a, 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 a friend of mine's house uh, after that, and I'm thinking, you know what? We're just going to go, and we're just going to have fun, and, and, uh, uh, and uh, 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 you know, we're not going to talk about Jesus. And within minutes, uh, my mouth is just spurting off uh, things about the Bible, things about what God has done in my life. They're coming to church that next weekend. Uh, and I didn't, know, I didn't know what happened. I couldn't explain it. There was just this acceleration of excitement, uh, for the things of God and for the gospel. And everything I wanted to do was concerning souls, people, lives. And then I went to my first Prescott conference. And it was at that Prescott conference that Pastor Mitchell explained what had happened to me. And he made this statement that made so much sense to me at that time. He said that when the Holy Spirit enters a man or a woman, a missionary spirit enters a man or a woman. And I said, that's it. And I've heard him say that many times throughout his ministry, that phrase that when a Holy Spirit enters a person, a missionary spirit enters a person. And I want to minister this morning in a sermon I've titled Confessions of a Missionary Spirit. Out of Philippians chapter 1, we're going to read this confession from a missionary spirit in the life of of Paul. And I believe this will help us this morning. It says uh, in verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what shall I choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. Let's pray. Father, we ask in your presence this morning, Lord, your spirit to enter this place, I pray specifically even, God, for the missionary spirit to enter our hearts, Lord. I pray, God, compel our hearts, uh, God, to die to self, and God, to set our eyes upon you and upon heaven, upon the lives of others. I thank you for your word. Uh, I ask that you would minister this through the Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So Paul, in our text, he speaks of the subject of desire. And the reality of life is that even since we were created, desire was part of our genetic makeup. It was part of how God had made us. Even We're going to see here in in, in a few minutes, even before the fall of mankind, desire was inside of the heart of man. And this is a good thing. God created this uh, for a good thing. That word that he talks about in our text on desire comes from the Greek word uh, uh, epithumia. And it means to lust after, to covet, to crave, or to desire. And how many know this is a good thing? It's desire that causes us to draw close to something. It's desire that causes us to go after it. Desire is what made you, amen, whisk your wife off on her feet, buy her flowers, open the door, uh, 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 spend extravagant money on gifts and dinners and things like that. Desire is what won her over. Desire is what uh, causes us to draw close to God. Desire is what caused Adam every day to go down and to walk with God in the cool of the day. Desire was what caused uh, Adam to do his job daily, to keep the garden, to tend to it, to minister and name all of the animals that God had created. All of these things uh, were part of desire. And desire has this power to, to draw us close to something, but desire also has another power. It can also draw us away from something. And we see in the text, even before the fall of mankind, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, uh, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, uh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it, uh, and she also gave uh, to her husband with her and ate it. So the very thing, desire, that at one time caused her to draw close to a holy uh, and righteous maker, that that desire that at one time caused her to leave uh, 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 everything, to cling to her husband, uh, that very desire has now, uh, amen, put her in a state of shame, a state of rebellion, a state of guilt, a state of disobedience. And see, the fall, that happened in the garden, it caused desire to sway one way. See, desire can go one way or the other. And when, when sin entered the world and desire caused the heart of mankind to sway one way, all of a sudden, everything began to be focused upon self. There was something that was created on phones in the year of 2003 that is the essence of our generation. It's a front-facing camera. It was actually put... You may not know this. I did some study. It was actually the first phone the front-facing camera was put on was the Motorola A920. Anyone own one of those? No? Okay. All right. It was added to the iPhone in 2004. I'm sorry, 2010. 2010 and the iPhone 4. It was added to it. But... Think about that. Here it is, um, amen, a, a front-facing camera. Why would we want something like that? Why would we want something like that? Think about that. We used to go to places to take pictures of God's beauty, right? We just snapped a few photos. Man, look at that waterfall. Look at that mountain. Look at that. But now all of a sudden, it's more like, Right? Isn't that the essence of our generation? They even have filters now to blur the background. You don't even see the background. Look at me. And that's, that's literally, that's the essence of, of the, the generation that we live in is that much of, of life is viewed through self, that we have this camera lens faced upon self. Up until this time, Up until the time of the fall, the lens was viewed outward. It was all on God's creation. It was all on God's beauty. It was all on what God had had created and made uh, for mankind. But now, all of a sudden, uh, amen, after the fall, this lens uh, switched uh, inward. It looked upon self. uh, It looked upon what I want, what I desire, what I need. And and until you read uh, uh, just uh, six chapters later that the thoughts and the intents of mankind became... Evil only continually, because that's what self gets us. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And so much of life is viewed in a selfish way, and it doesn't even have to be sinful. It doesn't even have to be sinful, Right? How many know in the life of Paul, much of his early life was done doing things that he thought were for God. Right in his mind, uh, Amen. This is a heresy. These people—they're—they're—they're they're, they're preaching a, a false doctrine, uh, Amen. And 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 in his mind, they're going against the God who had created them. Uh, and so he's just playing out what he thinks uh, is the will of God. He's just playing out. But we see later on that God says, "Listen, Paul, you're fighting against uh, the pricks. Uh, You—you you know, I'm 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 pricking your heart, uh, but you're not listening." You're so focused on self-desire that you can't even hear my voice. And much of his life, even though we may not even view it in a sinful light or in a sinful way, we think we're doing something good or something righteous. Amen, it's, it's directed, amen, towards self, what I want, what I need, what I desire. And the problem is, is that when we focus on self, we find ourselves fighting against God. But when salvation enters, when the Holy Spirit enters a man, how many know that camera lens shifts? You know there's a little button on your phone, and you could probably open your camera, and you would see where you take pictures of most. There's a little button it has arrows that go this way and this way. And you could open your camera, and you can shift the lens outward. And this is exactly what happens when the Holy Spirit enters a person. When the missionary spirit enters a person, everything becomes outward. Acts chapter 9, verse 17, uh, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, uh, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, uh, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, uh, has come to you, uh, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. Uh, and he arose and was baptized, so when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Paul spent, uh, spent some days uh, with the disciples in Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, uh, that he was the son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed, who called on his name in Jerusalem? And has he, has he come here for that purpose uh, so that he might bring more? See, see here the people, they're, they're saying, whoa, there was a shift. Something happened before it was all about him, before it was all about what all that he wanted, but now all of a sudden his greatest concern, Paul's greatest concern, is that I would preach about what I have so that other people can have it as well. See, prior to salvation, like everyone, I I was a very selfish person. I remember uh, uh, before coming back in July, I was on deployment. I had saved money all deployment long. I had saved up thousands and thousands of dollars. And, and my, my, my mindset, I had things that I picked out. I'm sharing with my wife. I'm going to buy this television. Uh, I'm going to buy this sound system. Uh, I'm going to buy all these, uh, uh, you know, gadgets and gadgets and things. I, I think, man, when I get back six months of just being stuck on a ship, uh, I'm just going to fill my life with self-indulgence. Self-indul- I get back and I get saved. <laughs> Ruined it all, man. Ruined it all. And I first, listen, I first noticed that camera lens shifting that night that I went to that friend's house. Because I remember, I remember getting out of the car. I remember telling my wife, I said, listen, when we go in there, because I knew, I knew there was something. I I said, when we go in there, we're not going to talk about church. We're not going to talk about Jesus. We're we're just going to go. And we sit down, and not even 15 minutes goes by. And I can't stop talking about Jesus. My friend's sitting there. His eyes are welling up. This is an atheist. This guy never, God was the furthest thing from his mind. And I'm like, why are you so emotional right now? He said, I just had a dream last night that I saw a mass of people. The end of the world was coming, and I was laying hands on people, praying for them. I said, well, that's crazy, man. But that's that's what happens. When the lens shifts outward, those types of things are what happened. It was in that moment moment that I knew self-desire. I knew what I wanted no longer mattered anymore. I want you to think with me about what Paul's saying here. Listen, Paul, he's in a state where it's like it's almost like he's he's given an option he says it would be wonderful to go and be with Christ how you know isn't that what we're all supposed to want it's almost like god had this conversation like hey man you can get out right now and come home we got you you know you're going to you're going to be in my presence you're going to be in all that you've waited for but but there's this other there's this other side of him There's this other place where his his heart cannot stop caring about people, cannot stop caring about souls. Uh, He's torn. He he makes that statement, uh, and he says, I'm hard-pressed. What Paul's saying is, I have an afflicted spirit uh, about me. How many know once we're saved, It's not that we don't think about self anymore. It's not that we don't, you know, sometimes have these ambitions or these desires and these things. But it's simply that uh, uh, the the camera lens is shifted and there's this tearing about us. There are times where we try to think about self. Uh, There have been times in my life that I've, I've said, you know what, I deserve this. I, 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 should, I should be able to have this, uh, 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 you know, whether it's just buying something or going somewhere or doing something. Uh, and there's times where, yes, I think about self. Uh, and, and we see that here with Paul. He's there. He's like, man, it'd be, it'd be great to just go be with Jesus right now. As if, like, God gave him that option right there. He's trying to do something that he wants to do. And he says, I'm miserable.
2: Hey there, Sermon Podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to just take a second here to thank you once again for listening to this sermon podcast. We've had an explosive rate of growth and listenership for the past few weeks, and we hope that you appreciate these daily sermons to encourage you and help you. I just want to share a couple of ratings that we've gotten in the Apple Podcast application clint b writes a five-star review he said i am so grateful for our fellowship thank you this podcast very helpful through the day Uh, bobby sanford from north carolina said inspiring awesome to hear sermons that are encouraging and inspiring to the church Uh, we could really use your help to add a couple more of these very helpful reviews Uh, these do help us to get the word out about this podcast I want you to know that we have a truly worldwide impact with this podcast from the United States to the UK, Australia, Ireland, Germany, New Zealand, South Africa, Netherlands, Canada, Romania, Afghanistan, Namibia. Vietnam, Switzerland, Kenya, India, Russia, Hong Kong, Ghana, Uganda, Guam, Meritus, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Zambia, Japan, Jamaica, Malaysia, Israel, Ukraine, the list goes on and on of nations that are listening to these sermons. So we just want to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure that you're sharing these when you hear a good one. And please, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a five-star rating and a review of what you like about this podcast. Thank you again for listening, and back to the rest of the sermon. I'm
1: miserable. He says, I'm I'm hard-pressed. Hard-pressed. That word, it comes from the Greek uh, sunicho. And it means literally affliction. I I read that text recently, and I'm like, man, this dude is convicted about something he should want. Because in his mind, this, this is for me. It's not for them. It's for me. He's embracing a good thing for himself. He's embracing something he should want. But he's tormented because this is what I want. You know, much of salvation, I've tried to console myself. And maybe I guarantee there's a lot of you here that have, have done this with the idea of balance. I've heard it preached on. Uh, i preached on it. You gotta have balance, you know. You get there's, there's gotta be a balance in that, and 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 uh, uh, you know, we, we 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 speak it to ourselves, we say it in our mind. Ah, oh, yeah, but but there's gotta be a balance, and, and 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 I I get it, but I don't see a lot of balance in the Bible. I don't see a. I don't see a lot of. I, you know i tried in times like to 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 think about myself what i want what i desire you know i deserve this vacation i'm just going to go get away and everything's going to be fine and 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 uh, you know but, but i'm tormented I'm tormented i hate being away from my church i hate i hate going somewhere else and knowing that man i could be there with my people and and having fun and we could fellowship and we you know, crack our jokes whatever right be, spend time with the men and 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 have some uh, conversations about you know scripture sermons right just something about that and 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 there's times I know you have to get away but and but in my mind there's no balance because I'm tormented I'm tormented and I hear that, that's that's exactly what I see in Paul's life right now he's he, he there's no balance he says. Yeah, it's far better. My desire is that I go be to Christ, but I'm hard pressed. I'm being pushed to the other side because this is where my heart is. This is where I'm being drawn. This is where, this this is my desire. He's like, there's only one option. I can't go and stay, right? I can't go be with Christ and help you. There was no balance in the garden. Jesus is there, He's, he's, he's sweating drops. Of great blood. And why? Because there is a self-desire for preservation, right? Father, if it's all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, the oppression, the, the afflicting of, his, of, of, of that desire. Your will be done. Amen. See, it's not that we won't ever think of self again. It's just that when we do, we're going to be uncomfortable. And like I said, much of my life, since I got saved, much of my life since I've given my life to Christ has been lived in an uncomfortable state. It's it's hard for me to sit in a sermon like the ones yesterday. It's hard for me to sit there. And, like, I'm so uncomfortable. And and I look around, and some people are like, unmoved. I'm, I'm like, God, God, do you just hate me?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uncomfortable. Coming into church, you know, I, it, it, it's so fun. I, I, when I come into church and I see somebody sitting alone, that's one of the most uncomfortable feelings I have. My church knows this. I'll look at them. I see somebody sitting alone. I'm so uncomfortable. Why? Why are they sitting alone? Why? Immediately, I want to get down off the pulpit. I want to go sit next to them. Hey Amen. Preach it. Hey, that's a good sermon. I want to. And, I, 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 and sometimes I look around, and I'm like, why, why aren't you uncomfortable that they're sitting alone? They should... And we should love them. We should care about them. You know, I've been, I've been to other churches. My, my wife's the same way. I've been to other churches. One time we were in a Southeast Asia Bible conference. or It was like a, a rally or something. And we're there. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. And there's this lady, and, and she's sitting all by herself. And my wife's like, oh, hey, let's sit next to this lady. She's here by herself. I don't know. And she sits next to her. Hey, do you go to this church? No, I don't. I don't, I don't, this is my first time, as a matter of fact, and go, oh, okay. So we sit through the whole weekend with her. The last day, she gives my wife this red packet, and inside's a letter, and she says, it says, thank you so much for sitting with me, and she gave us $20. Now, you say uh, $20. Listen, they make $300 a month. So $20 is like almost, you know, it's, it's, what, 8% of their income. She gave it to my wife, said, man, that meant so much to me. Because, because my wife felt uncomfortable that she was alone. She said, I want, I want to be next to you. I want to be there. So, so some of the kids here, you, you might remember, this is how uncomfortable I am when, when, when we don't love people. This is how uncomfortable I get. And some of you that were in the boot camp, I don't know, I don't remember what year it was, but I'm sorry for whoever this happened to. <laughs> there was a girl, there was, a, there was 32 kids in my platoon. There was one girl there, and something about my spirit said, she hasn't talked to anybody here, and it's Thursday. I said, that's not good. And so I, I had everyone standing at attention, and I said, hey, don't look. Stare straight ahead. What's her name? Not one person could name her name. Not one person. And I was so mad. And I'm sorry whoever this happened to, because I just, it was one of those uncomfortable situations, you know. I just, I just flung my clipboard, and it hit a kid in the head. And so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise. I love your kids. <laughs> but that's, that's how uncomfortable. That's how uncomfortable I felt. Why doesn't anyone know this girl? She's here. Every single conference is uncomfortable for me. Every single conference, uh, do I go overseas? Do I, I need to stay and I need to help the people in my city. I need, right? It's just this, my heart breaks for the lost. Amen. And I can't help but think, well, why not everybody? Why not everybody? Does, Paul's, Paul's, he's confessing the spirit of his life. The missionary spirit makes you uncomfortable all the time. When you try to think of self, you become uncomfortable. There's a story I, I might have sh- shared uh, years ago. I don't know if I shared it here, but uh, this, this, this is another setting that I felt very uncomfortable when, when somebody else should have felt, felt uncomfortable. I was sitting with my translator in Myanmar. His name was Situ. He, I'd been working with him for about six, seven months up to this point. He had uh, uh, been saved baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's doing great. And we're sitting down, and we're just discussing. And he goes, he, he, he says to me, he says, Rocky, it's not that I don't. He's like, I believe everything. He's like, I, 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 get, you know, I believe what you preach, and I, it, this makes so much sense, and I feel so much better, and my life has changed and, and different things. And it's not that I, I don't believe. He says, but you have to look at it from, from my perspective. He said, you came and, and, and you shared all of this with me, and my life has changed up to this point. And, and when you came, you told me that everything I've been taught up until now, and he was 23 years old, he says, was a lie. Everything I've been taught up until now was a lie. The things that I were taught by my parents, they were taught by their grandparents, and they were taught, was all a lie, and, and, and now you're telling me the truth. And he said, not only that, but now I have to uh, 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 accept the fact that my father is in hell. His dad had passed away. And he said, why didn't somebody come tell my dad? I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable because I couldn't be there for his dad. How do you answer that? But see, that's the missionary spirit. That's the missionary spirit. And there's some of you here today, I know, you're 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 uncomfortable. That's good. Uh, I want you I want to give you some comfort this morning. that's a good thing. that is when, when Pastor Mitchell said those words over the pulpit when the Holy Spirit enters a man, a missionary spirit enters me I said, that's it man. I want to comfort you this morning because if you're uncomfortable, it's because that spirit is inside of you. If every conference you're thinking, I need to do something. I need to go somewhere. If every church service, you look at somebody that comes in and you're saying, I need to talk to them first. Hey, what's your name? If, if, you're, you're, you're expending yourself weekly. Say, Who can I fellowship? Who can I bring over to my house today? Listen, that, that's a good thing. That uncomfortable uh, uh, feeling is the missionary spirit. And this is what Paul is talking about. This is what he's wrestling with uh, in, our, in, in our scripture. He's there, and he's saying, listen, I could go, man. This is a good thing, but, uh, but you know what? No, it's more needful, and I know that I'm going to stay. He, he said it himself. He says, I already know I'm going to stay. I'm just wrestling with this fantasy over here. <laughs> I'm just kind of, you know, dabbling a little bit. Oh, we're on the beaches of the Bahamas and everything. Right? But, but I know, I know I'm going to stay. I know I'm going to give myself, uh, amen, to the kingdom of God. I know uh, because there's more disciples that need to be made. There's still people that need to be touched. Uh, And and the truth is, is that if you're uncomfortable this morning, you're you're right where God wants you to be. You're obedient. Your lens is shifted outward. You're going to be fruitful. may take time. Maybe may be some some you know but but you're going to you're going to be fruitful but there's some there's some maybe here this morning and you're not uncomfortable you can sit in a sermon maybe now that I'm talking about it you're a little uncomfortable <laughs> but you can sit in a sermon like pastor LaVallee preached yesterday about building walls and Pastor Aviles about dying to self. You can you can sit in that and you. Can, eh. I want to speak to you. My prayer is that this morning that 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 missionary spirit would enter your life. Because why should I be the only one tormented? Right. <laughs> Let's all just be tormented together, man. I. I it's, it's, I think if the world, I think if, if the world would have afflicted Christians with this spirit, I think we could do much more. I think we could see nations t- I mean, even beyond what we've seen uh, up until this point, and that's my prayer. The other day, as I said, uh, and I j- just giving some examples. The other day, one of one of the converts in Myanmar, I was talking to him. Uh, Allison's brother Winston he just had a child he's, he's he's on his second child I'm not there if you know anything about what's going on in Myanmar man I'm tormented every day I read the news I'm tormented people dying people there but I'm talking to him and uh, he says he says you know pastor I want to be a good father to my son can you help me with this <laughs> Why do you say that bro <laughs> You torment me, man. He says, what does God expect of me? And it's just these uncomfort- uncomfortable situations of life. that They remind me that my heart is on the kingdom of God. One of my daughters asked me not so long ago, she said, you know, hey, Dad, how do we know it's what God is asking us to do? I said, that's easy. It's because it's not what you want to do. Some people you, you, you like so you want to go. It's like, man, I'll go. Yeah, just get me out of here. I want to go. It's like, yeah, maybe you need to stay. <laughs> some people some people are like, nah. Yeah, you probably need to go. That's that's the reality. You know, I went to Pastor Morales. My church probably doesn't know this, but they're going to know it now, but I went to Pastor Morales year after year when we were building the church there in Woodbridge. Before we went to Myanmar, said, "I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to be a missionary. I'm called to be a missionary." And he'd say, "Okay, yeah, yeah," and push it off. And then the one year I went to conference, I said, "No, we ain't called to be missionaries no more." <laughs> I just I just went full time, you know. Like, hey, we're we're just gonna sit here and. And Pastor Morales texted me, during the Thursday night video, God calling you to Myanmar? I said, ah. Oh. <laughs> the epitome of the missionary spirit is in Acts 16. And I close with this last illustration. Paul's in Philippi. He's put in jail. He's chained. He's bound with Silas. Bible says they're They're singing hymns. They're singing songs. All of a sudden, the earthquakes, gates open, chains fall down. They're free. Lights are out. What would you do? Free. Free. We've been, hey, God, we've been doing your will, been singing songs, kept a good heart, kept a good attitude. We're free. Chains are gone. Let's run. Let's get out of here. You know what Paul does? He says, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. He's like that kid in school. <laughs> Teacher, you forgot about the quiz. You know, everybody, everybody else there. Listen, everybody else there was like, what are you doing? Run, let's run. But see, the missionary spirit, you can't. You can't run. You can't leave. You're, 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 he's, he, I, I'm, I'm wondering if he went to and he go, uh, don't harm yourself. We're all here, but listen, that, that uncomfortable feeling that Paul had at that moment saved a man and his family. This man was about to commit suicide. But he chose to stay in an uncomfortable environment. He chose to stay to win some. I wonder this morning, would you let the missionary spirit enter your heart? That's all I have. Thank you.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, VVPH.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, Would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.